When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Amy here at the Chelsea Piers with the tiny coffee. You got a problem with a little coffee like this small? This is a tiny coffee. That's how we do it. Little coffee, big city. You got a problem with that? I'll come over to your house and rip your fucking shoes off and throw them in the goddamn toilet, okay? Hey, fun fans, it's We Enjoy uh, here with a special breakout episode all about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, we can't move fast enough with these uh, Marvel uh, breakout episodes because we're already halfway through What If. We got the Hawkeye trailer today as we record this, which is Monday, the 13th of September. Um, yeah, and I expect maybe tomorrow. Well, we've been getting the little mini trailers actually before the, on Tuesday before the what if to let us know what the what if's about. Right. But also with the Disney plus Marvel Studios shows, they give us halfway point trailers. Like if it's a That's six true. episode series, like after three episodes, they'll give you the back half trailer. So maybe we'll get a back half of the what ifs because uh, now that the zombie episodes out of the way, I don't know what's coming on. What if like, as far as the original trailer, well, they put the poster out for Killmonger this week. So uh, it's okay. The- Killmonger Tony one. Um, again, apologies on my uh, half, though my half, my beh- behalf, um, that we would have had the Shang-Chi episode up uh, earlier, except I was on vacation. So, um, although I did re-watch Shang-Chi on my vacation, Matt, um, I saw it at uh, Disney Springs, which is their version of Downtown Disney in Orlando at the AMC opening night on my birthday, um, you know, because I, I was like, man, They'll ne- I never thought I'd see a Marvel movie open on my birthday because my birthday's on Labor Day weekend. And that's like, a, you know, traditionally a weekend Hollywood ignores. It's been always seen as a non-performer with a couple of small exceptions. And so you never would have seen a Marvel Studios movie except for the pandemic delaying everything. Uh, so Shang-Chi not- is now the biggest grossing Labor Day yes. weekend movie ever. Beating Breaking uh, yeah, Halloween. Rob Zombie's, Rob Zombie's first Halloween movie. Yeah. Which is like, what, 15 years old at this point? Um, yeah, pretty much, almost. But uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of Eric's Birthday. Um, I saw it at an Alamo Draft House, one that just opened here, because we have a, a rolling uh, opening of these draft houses, because unlike you in pathetic Los Angeles, <laughs> right? you only have one Alamo Draft House. <laughs> here in, in Dallas, Texas, we've got... The birthplace. You're in the birthplace I know, Draft down in Austin. But um, yeah, so... Uh, and then this weekend, uh, my favorite location actually is opening up on the 17th. So that'll be fun, too. So um, anyway, we have the Mattitude, Eric. I am Matt Fowler. Say hello, Eric Goldman. After all that, say hello again. Hey, everybody. Um, I feel like uh, I, I, I'm just I'm just saying it and I'm committing it to us, committing us to it, Matt, that I guess on our regular episode this week, we'll dig into the Hawkeye trailer. Uh, yeah, we're not doing the Hawkeye trailer yeah. with this. We'll just do this. Yeah. We'll dig into the Hawkeye trailer and the pizza dogness of it all, and mm-hmm. um, the Kate Bishopness and the lack of Yelena. But again, like all the trailers, I assume we're just watching footage from the first episode or first two episodes. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, full spoilers for Shang Chi and the Legend of Eric's Birthday mm-hmm. uh, going forward. Uh, so <laughs> I think the surprise of absolutely fucking no one, Eric and I both really like this movie. <laughs> 
you know what? I'm starting to come around to these Marvel movies. You're like, I was uh, iffy on the previous decade. And the first Shang-Chi. 25 or so, I wasn't sure. About. Yeah. Actually, um, this was 25, I believe. The first 24, I wasn't sure. About. So, um, sorry, I'm distracted because my cat wants in and out of my room. So I'm constantly getting up to let her in and out. And she's being <laughs> a very fickle daisy. Hold on. Get, say stuff. Talk, okay. Talking about Shang-Chi. Uh, Shang-Chi is a comic book character from the comic book company Marvel Comics. Um, They've been around for a while. Shang-Chi was created in the 1970s. You don't have to like ramble, ramble. You can actually just talk because I'm here. (laughs) I didn't know. It's not like I I just went away. It's not like I went to go Shang-Pi. All right. So, uh, I mean, if you want to. So, uh, yeah, actually. So with seeing it at Alamo Drafthouse came... um, I was wondering what the state of the Alamo Drafthouse pre-shows would be uh, yeah. post-pandemic. Uh, they were used to be, um, most of them or all of them used to be made by um, Birth Movies Death, which no longer exists. Um, mm-hmm. And now I think they just sort of produce them on their own. But there was a, but having seen Candyman and now Shang-Chi, like they do like for these big tentpole movies, go all out with a really, very custom pre-show for the movie. So we got a history of Shang-Chi in the comics. We got a history of supernatural Kung Fu movies. And um, what else? Oh, history of just Asian American cinema, cinema in general, like going back to silent movies. So that was. Oh, wow. So uh, and- I, I, I can tell you, Matt, uh, because I do have on you that I've been going to Alamo Draft House all summer. Uh, they've been doing it all summer. Like they, they did one for the Green Knight. They had like a special pre-show. With oh, it man. And- See. I should look more around. So they, their YouTube page has these pre-shows. So anyone out there who yeah. doesn't have Alamos, you can go to their YouTube page and see many of these um, pre-show packages. In fact, you can see longer versions of them on their YouTube channel. So like, I see the YouTube channel is like the stuff they've like created though, to talk about stuff because it'll be a mixture of the pre-shows of like, Things they've created and then like trailers that tie no, into no, what it's, they're doing. It's things they've created. It's not like the right, old right. footage from old movies or the weird like random like things that they throw in. This is like curated like documentary type stuff. Because um, I also went to see like Dazing and Fuse, for instance, and it was like a bunch of trailers about like weed movies and 70s movies. And yeah, not know. the trailers, just like okay. if they did a history of weed movies, there would be right, like, right. Um, Half baked. <laughs> hey okay. jim brewer i know I, that's why that's why halfback was right in the forefront of my brain is because yeah. um jim brewer surprise to no one is repugnant okay so shang chi eric and i both really liked it thanks everyone for joining us this week we'll be back next week. <laughs> another good one keep them coming keep them coming marvel can't wait for good, good, good thing that there's one every month or two <laughs> Um, so this was the first, I'm trying to think, first origin, straight origin movie since we got since like Captain Marvel, maybe. Yeah. And I, and I would argue that, uh, you know, they, they, it w- wasn't quite a traditional origin story. Like, I mean, I, I, I guess it is an origin story, but at the same time, they structurally, like they tried to not make it quite that, uh, in different ways. I, I, in some ways I it, like, no, it was, it, I mean, it's an origin movie. We saw his start. It just happened in flashbacks. We we're introduced yeah. to him in this movie, not in another movie like civil war or something like that. Like and that, that, that also stood out to me a lot, by the way, um, especially as people were pondering the box office, which ended up being kind of the highest, the higher ends of all the predictions was this certainly stood out to me has the first time since gosh, maybe even, ant-man that i felt we were going in for for people who don't know this world except for the movies especially the most blind in that everything else had been sequels movies like black panther and spider-man not that you didn't know spider-man but other things but those mcu versions introduced another movie and even captain marvel leaned heavily on um nick fury like in the promotion you knew nick fury was a big part of this movie whereas shang chi was the first one since ant-man where it's like as far as you knew from the trailers, except for the name, the 10 rings, this is all new. Like, and, know, e- and if you're, and if you're a super broad fan, like of uh, the MCU, the 10 rings still won't mean anything. You wouldn't even you won't remember that, that yeah. from Iron Man or yeah. from, if you remember Iron Man three, you're lucky. You probably did not watch uh, the, the one shot. Uh, right. That, that like basically name drops the real Mandarin. Um this is uh, was an excellent movie. I love the colors. I love the choreography. I love the writing. Uh, I love the, the you know 
uh, how many, you know, the, the primarily Chinese cast I thought was amazing. I, you know, if we're looking for like Caucasians in this movie, there's like basically razor fist and abomination. I guess you could count that. Right. Um, uh, Florian, uh, Montanu, uh, who played Razor Fist, who is also in the Borderlands movie as Krieg, Eric. I thought you, I bet you thought we would get through this without me talking about Borderlands casting. No, but um, that's funny because I thought about how he was in Creed 2 as Victor Drago. He was. Drago, he was so. He's German-Romanian. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and not just, you know, some, like, seem, uh, okay, I'm going to say some names wrong. So for, oh, yeah. same, same here. Simulo, uh, who even on Twitter had a tweet months ago giving everyone the correct pronunciation of his name. And I obviously do not remember this, but Relative Unknown was on a Canadian series called what was it? Kim's Convenience. Yes. Which then was on Netflix. It was not produced for Netflix, but then went on Netflix. Right. And of course, more people sort of like the, in the yeah. Shit's Creek uh, way. Yes, exactly. Um, and so he basically comes from that. Uh, he comes from a student film that showcases a lot of fighting that they showed before the uh, Alamo oh, really? screening <laughs> and a lot of stock photos, was, which were unearthed last week about how he used to model for stock photos. Um, well, no, he, he revealed it was one day and like a hundred bucks or something <laughs> that he would haunt him forever. <laughs> I don't know. Those are great. I wish I'd done that. Like, I wish... <laughs> we, we did Judge Judy audience. We didn't do stock photos. Uh, yeah, I think he had, his actually paid better. So um, he's great. Aquafina, as far as the known names, Aquafina, mm-hmm. um, Michelle Yeoh, who not only is a um, a Chinese movie legend, but also has been acting over here for decades already. And, uh, and remember when she and, was in a Bond movie and totally wasted? Now, yes, I don't mean I don't mean she was like drunk the whole time. <laughs> I mean like they did not utilize her to no her. no. To her utmost ability in the fighting arena. Um, she was in because, Tomorrow um, Never Dies, yeah. Which was released not too long after the U.S. release of Super Cop, which I realized was already a few years old in China, um, a.k.a. Police Story 3, which I love. It's one of my favorite Jackie Chan movies, and she's awesome in it. It's really kind of a two-hander with the two of them teaming up. If you want to just see great, like, you know, Kung Fu, Hong Kong fighting uh, Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh watch Super Cop. So I very much remember Tomorrow Never Dies wasting her. Then she did Crouching Tiger. But like recently, it's kind of been like a big moment for her with like Star Trek and Crazy Rich Asians. And then it was funny because she had the cameo in Guardians 2. She and Gemma Chan are now both um, MCU uh, repeaters with, with multiple That's right. Roles. She was in Guardians 2. She was one of the original like Ravagers or original yep, yep. Guardians, you could say. Um, uh, so yeah, like a big, big, uh, big time for her right now and uh, well learned. Uh, actually, the, um, the last movie I saw before lockdown was at Alamo and it was a Michelle Yeoh movie. And now the name escapes me. So I'm trying to look it up uh, because it was an actual... Um, Early 90s, late 80s or early 90s kung fu movie. Hmm. So I need to see if I can find that. Right well, while you're looking but... for that, I'll say, yeah, the last movie I saw before lockdown was also at Alamo and it was the Brady Bunch movie. Um, also starring although... Michelle Yeoh, weirdly enough. <laughs> yes. Uh, although another movie. Played the I new Jan Brady. Okay. One uh... of the last movies I saw pre-lockdown was um, this director, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton's um, debut i believe it was his first movie um uh, certainly it was the one that got him all the attention which is short term 12 uh which is now known as a movie that was kind of like a crazy cast of people that were on the cusp of breaking out brie larson and kent lindaver and rami malek and um uh, stephanie beatrice um and yeah just all these great people in it uh i i saw um wing chung is the movie that she did in 1994 with donnie yen who is also a Chinese movie and fighting legend, like real life, like MMA yes. fighter legend, who was in, uh, I mean, recently you would have seen him in Rogue One, um, mm-hmm. but he's been in it was IP Man or Ip Man. And um, yeah, so anyway, uh, Michelle Yeoh. Okay, so, but I bring up Michelle Yeoh to bring up Tony Lung, who mm-hmm. is absolutely incredible. And this was, this was his first American movie. And uh, is that true? I, I didn't realize yep, that his first overseas movie outside of China. And, and you know, it's not like you and I haven't seen him in things. It's just we've seen him in Chinese movies. So right. especially a movie that we freaking love. Hard boiled. <laughs> yeah. Hard boiled. Yeah. Which he had Simon Chow Yun Fat. Yeah. So uh, I loved 
him in this movie so much. I loved mm-hmm. him and I loved the Wenwu character. I thought it was just an excellently done. I liked the fact that he could be, you know, you, nothing was totally unpredictable in this movie. I would say like you, you saw his journey, but the fact that they gave the villain of this movie is still a very sympathetic and, and also for the bulk of the movie, it, you know, all of his evil pa- stuff is in the past right. because he gave up his uh, 10 rings lifestyle to when he met his wife and had children and then sort of got back into it after she died. But at that point, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mostly you revenge know. driven. It was just revenge driven and yeah. training his, and training Chang-Chi. Yeah. And then Chang-Chi ran away. And then he's sort of off screen. Apparently, you know, just doing stuff. Uh, he's looking at it. It's Wen Wu and he's doing stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I loved his performance so much. And I loved, um, man, so much about this movie. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. Uh, I thought... Uh, Aquafina was great. I know mm-hmm. that some I know some people don't like Aquafina, but I really like her. I do too. Uh, and I like the fact that she was there through the whole movie. Like again, I didn't know how much what in what capacity she would be, but she like goes with him on the entire journey of this movie from beginning to end to the point where at the end they are now paired together as this duo right. who, whose lives have been changed forever. Who the Avengers know about. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then uh, a name uh, I know I'm gonna massacre, and I feel bad, especially because I interviewed her and she's very nice. Uh, but Men Zhang uh, has uh, Zhai Ling, his sister, another role that was way bigger than I expected, like not really built up in the trailers, but she's a big part of this movie, uh, and kind of gets her own big storyline and certainly big setup for the future. Um, all so, right, well, let's yeah. talk about let's let's jump all the way to the end, not to the mid credit scene, but the end credit scene, yeah. Where do you think we will see the Ten Rings again? It says the Ten Rings will return. What in what capacity? Movie, TV show? What do you think we're going to see? This I don't know. I do think you know um, they do this thing often in the Marvel movies. If there's two credit scenes, of one is for the bigger MCU future, one is for the sequel to this movie. Um, you know, I, I think about um, um, uh, like um, I had a really good example, and now I'm blanking on it. Of course. Um, but uh, oh, like like um, Doctor Strange, which had the scene with Thor in the middle, and then the end credits was the Mordo scene that was taken all this time. We're finally going to get it'll finally pay, pay off in Multiverse of Madness next year. Uh, <laughs> in what capacity we don't know. We just know he's in the movie. Like <laughs> like does Mordo get killed off in the first? He's in the minutes? movie. Yes. We just know he's in it. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, is Ten Rings returning in Shang Chi Two? Is Ten Rings returning in the Captain America movie or some other capacity in Armor Wars? Who knows? Like where there's certainly there's a million possibilities, but I will tell you this much. The box office of this movie kind of ensures there'll be a sequel, especially everything's on the pandemic curve. This movie still's not going to touch like, you know, it's not going to touch a billion dollars. Well, I'll um, say this too. And this is a question I, I'm really interested in and I know very little about, but I know that what movie, what U.S. movies get released in China is yeah. a weird, strange system. Yes. Like they have like windows for when these foreign films come into their country. And the fact that uh, Shang-Chi is not in China. Well, they have, they have uh, windows. And then they also have just the fact that they are very specific about what they choose. And uh, it seems like very easy to offend. Yeah. And make a decision they are not going to release. I mean, as far as I know, I don't know. Like, Spider- no, way, uh, no Way Home doesn't have a release date there. Shang-Chi doesn't. I'm pretty sure Eternals doesn't. Did Black, Black Widow Wid- still hasn't. Bl- Black Widow. So we're also getting all of these movies without... Uh, one of the biggest slices of pie in the global box office, yep. you know, uh, dessert tray, which is China. And so uh, the only move I'm trying to think uh, F9 released there, but that's it, and free right? guy, free guy, which is doing well. Free guy has been number one for like three weeks there. Okay. So that, that's like the one Disney movie that's gotten through is free guy. Uh, oddly enough. 
Um, and yeah, it's like, um, so uh, it's now, not just a pandemic curve, but it's like a lack of China curve, a lack well. of China curve, because China, that's been such a kind of deciding factor for making movies like a mega blockbuster. So Shang-Chi's doing great, all things considered, especially since people were very, I, I, it's making more than I thought it was for sure. Like when I it's saw making it more than Black Widow, as far as when Black Widow came out, we were still, we were in a, we were in a, we were on a high at that point. Right, right. We were right. Like, the, the, the everything's coming up millhouse uh, we could all go everywhere like everyone's getting vaccinations and then the delta variant hit and everyone was like "Ooh, movie theaters again and so things you know people got squinky about it and then but then shang chi everyone seemed to turn out for that and i feel like it's such an enjoyable movie that people are going to see it again they're seeing it mm-hmm. more than once and also because of the representation i feel like this is a huge movie for asian american cinema yeah and uh, on a smaller scale than what happened with Black Panther, uh, smaller scale because of the pandemic and stuff. But I think that a lot of the success has to do with that as well. It's just like the really beautiful representation of this movie, the people who created it uh, and the people who star in it and like the people who just crafted this film, it, you know, paid attention to sort of the authenticity of it all. For sure. And, you know, uh, and, you know, look, they and of course, they talked a lot about the fact that um, and as we get more into the plot here, we can talk about the fact that they were really rebuilding. Wen Wu is a complete is an original character based on two pre-existing characters, which is he's part the Mandarin and he's part Fu Manchu, who was the original father of Shang-Chi in the comic books. So Fu Manchu, for those who don't know, I think comes from the 30s from uh, I can't remember the, like the pulp novel. It was pulp yeah. novel and he was basically created uh out of really racist stereotypes and yellow yes. uh yellow peril fear in following uh or even this preceded world war ii so oh, but, yeah, so yeah. even before that <laughs> they were just normal racists you know they yeah. just... <laughs> so but basically like uh shang chi was the which um, Shang-Chi, the comic book started in the 70s when Marvel first wanted to actually do a Kung Fu comic book based on the TV series, but then they couldn't get the rights to that. So right. they created a new character and then they they actually did buy the rights for Fu Manchu. And then when the rights were up, they retconned everything into creating a different character who was... Was he like always the Mandarin? He was sometimes the Mandarin. No, no, he, the Mandarin thing was co- almost still completely separate. They, I can't remember his name in the comic book, but the character because it, it was different. It wasn't fully the Mandarin. Exactly, no, it, it, yeah. it was not the Mandarin, like the Iron Man villain Mandarin. He had a different name. They basically implied that Fu Manchu was an identity he took on at one point, and so there were two things they had to deal with, which was a legally they just didn't have the rights to Fu Manchu anymore. B the realization that Fu Manchu is a very, you know, racist, steeped in racism character. Uh, so this movie is like, okay, we're going to have Shang-Chi and we want to have his father. We'll keep the idea because the comic books had the basic idea of my father is a master criminal and I must fight him. They also that- kept, they also kept the, the idea that his father is chasing, uh, is immortal and is chasing immortality. Yes. Like that so they kept those the core, they kept those core elements. Then you have the Mandarin, who in the comics is Iron Man's main foe, also sometimes steeped in some bad stereotypes that they've tried to move away from a lot more as time has gone on. Um, but then the movies had done their own thing. You know, Iron Man 3 had done this completely different thing. Because look, when they introduced the Ten Rings in Iron Man 1, it was clearly meant to evoke the Mandarin, who in the comic books wears Ten Rings on his fingers. And, and, and in, a different, in a different way than when Wu's Ten Rings work, each yeah. ring had a different power. So this shoots fire, this freezes, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, they, they re- Wen Wu is this interesting amalgamation, but really kind of just building from the ground up with these nods to these other characters, but, you know, that really they wanted to just get away from any of those things that are stereotypes, any of those trappings, and I think they did very well with that because, yeah, as you mentioned, he's a great character. Tony Leung's great in the performance. Um, and I think a lot of people have already said it's like one of their favorite Marvel villains, like Killmonger. He just comes in with kind of like depth and nuance. He certainly, they make sure to show, you know, he um, is, you know, will do awful things. I mean, even in, even though you're right, like most of it's in the past, you know, the whole thing where he's like, if they won't let me in, I will burn their village down. Like, you know, it's like he so it's like we know he's he's um single minded in his focus. But at the same time, his motivation at the end of this movie is I want my wife back so much. I miss her, the love of my life so much that I will destroy all these people to do it. 
but it's still like uh, an interesting motivation for a villain that's not like world domination, world destruction. Um, he just wants his honey back. Uh, but no, he gives us a lot of depth, a lot of nuance, and it was a really kind of cool way to rebuild this character, or I should say characters, because they were taking multiple things to make into one woo. Uh, and the way that they sort of morphed um, Shang-Chi's sister into sort of a, a different character, but with some residual notes from the original character as well, like the resentment of her brother, sort of going off and doing her own sort of mercenary type things. In, like in the comic, Shang-Chi has like five sisters, but there's one or two of them that they kind of, yeah, used for her in this movie that they kind of yeah, incorporated into that. All right. Um, when does this movie take place? Post blip, but when? Do we, do we understand this? No, I think it's like the least we've understood about like, yeah, is it a year later? Is it a few months later? I mean, um, there's some actually interesting questions that Bruce Banner's appearance brings up in the- Well, uh, yeah, so his arms in a sling. So is it still just injured from uh, Endgame? I think, I, I, you know, again, we're jumping all around, but let's talk about that. The fact that I, his arm has to be in a, in a sling because of Endgame. But the fact that he's human at all, I'm guessing it's like something has happened that maybe his arm has been permanently damaged or something. And he's not the Hulk. He's not the Professor right. Hulk. Um, again, he's going to be in She-Hulk, which will probably answer the specifics on these questions. But then does um, She-Hulk take place before this movie? No, well, maybe. Or maybe right after, or maybe during it. Maybe he'll go like, I have to make a call to Wong. <laughs> oh, man. Can we talk about, or we will talk about, wild, wild card Wong here. Uh, wild card Wong. <laughs> like, um, I will say, um, it was interesting to me, an, an issue they're going to have with the, I mean, I, I say issue, it, it's just going to be a thing that we'll have to deal with, they'll have to deal with, is the, the you know, because Avengers Endgame is built as a culmination and even and it's like it's a weird thing because they knew they'd be keep going with more of the mcu but at the same time it was like this is like everything was leading to this and we should mention also um you know as an aside that um disney marvel studios did not want spider-man far from home opening that year they wanted to open the next year probably begin phase four that's where sony because there's that weird partnership sony's like no we're opening it this summer so i think they really wanted endgame to stand on its own and the, not just the phase but in three phases and all this stuff but it's so monumental, like the whole idea of the snap and the blip and how that would change everything because has Falcon Winter Soldier touched upon uh, in its uh, flawed way, um, it would, you know, affect where people live, people's life, you know, it's just, it's, it would change everything. So it's funny because this movie, I did ask um, Dustin Daniel Gretton when I interviewed him, like, did, do you guys know which of these characters was affected by the snap or not? Because now anytime we meet someone, we have to think, were they gone for five years? Or were right, they not? exactly. Um, and um, he said they, and he said they did, they do know. And there was a version of this movie that had more of that, but ultimately, and I completely understood what he said, which is it was a distraction to this movie. So it's one of these things where they cut it, but it is something we're always going to be wondering about. Like, well, the know, thing is, is like, was we Katie gone for five years? Like, well, we assume Shang-Chi and Katie were there, but what about Katie's family? Did grandma right. vanish? Like what about all of was, that stuff? Was her younger brother, uh, you know, is he stuck at an age that, you know, he should be uh, more her peer? We, yeah, we don't know. I mean, look, maybe just Razor Fist vanished. Like we don't know. What <laughs> right. um, so, uh, and, you know, when he came back, when we were so happy, he got him that cool car with a razor fist detailed on the side of it, yes. um, which was awesome. And uh, I think it was Jim Vavita that tweeted something that I was thinking this exact same thing, which is the razor fist car is uh, reminiscent of all those like Hot Wheels cars they make for superheroes that are like <laughs> yeah. just like Hulk, like a car, like a green and purple car. This is Hulk on the it's side. It's the Razor Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, while we're mentioning the cast here, briefly uh, bring up before we get into uh, Wildcard Wong and the Trevor Slattery of it all, but we should mm -hmm. bring up uh, Fala Chen played Yi, uh, Ying Lee, who is the mm -hmm. mom. And uh, uh, Tim Roth did apparently provide <laughs> grunts, <some> grunts. Yeah. <laughs> grunting noises for her abomination because there's no what, real reason why he was. What if, what if that's the only thing he did? Like, he, what if he wasn't in She-Hulk? <laughs> They're just like, Tim, he's in She-Hulk. So they just had say, hey, while you're here, do some more grunting. And we'll put right. this into Shang-Chi. Um, uh, Zhe Zhu was uh, actually uh, very briefly in the fighting pits uh, named Helen because John John calls her out, says, good job, Helen, or something like that. And she was a widow in Black Widow. So yep. 
And uh, Brie Larson and Mark Ruffalo are in the um, mid credit scene. And Brie Larson, notable because uh, she has been in like all of Destin Daniel Cretton's movies, uh, like, you know, lead roles are a big part of it. Um, the Glass Castle, Just Mercy, which I did actually saw on the draft house a couple months before lockdown with uh, Michael B. Jordan. So her being in this, they did talk to him about how it's like almost like a good luck charm. Yes, it's it, it works out perfectly because it's part of the greater MCU, but also it kind of continues their uh, collaborations. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Wong and the fact that uh, okay, so what he's in the middle as sort of a funny part, and then he shows up at the end as sort of the you know the bridge to get Shang Chi and Katie into the larger MCU because of the Ten Rings in a way that we assume connects to Eternals, which is the next movie. When they mentioned that these are thousands of yeah. years old, that's the only thing I can think of that would connect them is that they're somehow uh, Eternals, um, s- Sentinel. Well, no, what are the what are the Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Celestial. It's not sentence. The Celestials. Celestial related. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, yeah, now, it, it, I, when, I, when I watched it again, I noticed, like, even at the beginning of the movie, they mentioned that the, the rings give you eternal life. And then mm-hmm. they mentioned that uh, while Wenwu had them for a thousand years, they're a lot older than that. And the Eternals trailer mentions that they think they arrived 7,000 years 7, ago. 7,000, yeah. Yeah, so it, it feels, I mean, there could be a swerve, but right now it seems highly likely that it's tied to that. Okay, uh, I love how they have transformed Wong into a, a really fun and rewarding comic relief character. Like he can be there to talk seriously about magic, but like mm-hmm. following Doctor Strange itself, like he's become... Uh, pretty funny and the fact like a lot of people were talking about the No Way Home trailer how he just sort of fucks off into a portal like a Wong on vacation or he's going somewhere we don't know what he says don't do that because don't do don't do the thing that's going to make this movie happen (laughs) and then he like leaves and it just seems that's so Wong he's all about the portal life he's just always coming and going as this movie proves Um, not uh, not afraid to also just show up in public he, in like, public, in a restaurant through Portal. At that point, after everything <laughs> humanity's been through, I guess it doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, so what is he doing with Blonsky? Are they, they're running some scam. They're not really fighting. They're putting on, like, a fake fight. They're probably collecting it. Why, yeah, he, why is he... Why is Wong doing a fight club? And then why is it party out? Why has he got a scam going? But see, wildcard Wong, it's like he's he's doing it for money because he couldn't afford that sandwich. I guess so. <laughs> Remember when he didn't have money and, and Stephen Strange yeah. is like busting his balls about getting him a sandwich? Uh, so now he's like, fine, I will earn money. And he and it looks like because, you know, when he takes Shang-Chi and Katie away, it's to their like a mystic library, you know, uh, but when he takes yeah. Blonsky away, it looks like he's taking Blonsky back to a holding cell. It looks like a lab. Like it looks like uh, he right. busted him out of prison just to do this fight. And then he takes him back. <laughs> and the Maybe. fact that they it's don't, just, they don't explain Bruce... it either. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we know it's funny. It, it would be a lot more frustrating. I think if we didn't know that both Bruce Banner and Emma Blonsky are in she-Hulk next year. So it's like that can fill you in on what the hell is happening here with these characters. And he's like the little little glimpses we're getting of what's going on with them. Uh yeah, I do like that it's never explained really. Um <laughs> okay, so uh I had I think most people probably had a good idea that Trevor Slattery was gonna be in this movie in some capacity, whether we see his head on I, a pike. I, I, I get to uh 
Yeah, I get to uh, point out. I haven't retweeted it yet. I, I might as well because it's um, it's so out there that he's in the movie. They even put a poster of him. But the day they revealed that this movie was going to happen at Comic Con 2019, one of my first tweets was like, "Trevor is going to return." Because to me, it was just like he has to. Like he had to be in this movie in some capacity. So the fact that the last time we saw Trevor, if people watched all Hail the King. He was uh, being taken away by Scoot McNary, who was an agent of the Ten Rings, posing as a documentarian, <laughs> and took him away to be killed by the quote-unquote real Mandarin. Real and Mandarin. We don't see it happen. Yeah. We don't see him. We just know that uh, a prison break is coming. We hear, like, screams and explosions off screen, and that's the last time we see him. So this, like Eric said, was the opportune moment to bring him back. But are we just going to see him dead? Are we going to see, like... Is it going to be like the, uh, the 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 Deadpool thing where you open a door and Trevor's just in the room and like the X-Men and Deadpool, like <laughs> you just see him briefly. Um, but right, right. I was surprised at how big a part he had in this movie. Like that that's what surprised me. Now, I will say yep. that your tweets spoiled me for sure that he was in this movie. Uh, and it's nothing you did overtly you just happen to do interviews for this movie and talking to the director and you're like i also asked him about trevor slattery i knew you had seen the movie already because you watched it before you interviewed these people and it's not like you couldn't have asked him about trevor not having seen the movie yeah but the fact that you've seen the movie and then you pointedly asked him about trevor i was like okay well he's definitely in the movie but yeah i did not expect him to like actually go with them on the adventure yeah yeah, I should mention in in my in my defense, um, they they had revealed publicly that he was in the movie by that point. They brought him to the premiere and he was brought up with the cast. Like, you know, here's the cast of Shang Chi and Ben Kingsley, and he did. I didn't interview him, but he did press for this movie. He did interviews for this movie, so that's why it was kind of like on the table at that point. Um, but agreed with you. Uh, the fact that he's in like so much of the second half was really shocking to me because I, the two tweets I looked up um, when after I saw the movie were the one where I was like, yay, Trevor's going to be back. And the other one was I did a poll a few months ago and I said, OK, Trevor's totally going to be in Shang-Chi, right? But how much is he going to be in it? And I'm trying to remember the exact possibilities I gave. And it was like one funny scene in the middle of the movie, one scene in the credits. He's not. That was one of my choices. And he's in a ton of the movie. His one was prisoner was my fourth one that got the least amount of like 10% Matt. And I would have agreed too. That's the least likely is he's in a ton of this movie. And yet that turned out to be <laughs> what actually was the case. Uh, once he shows up, pizza Trevor's are all for the ride. I will also, a thing I really liked about this movie um, on just a promotional standpoint is they kept so much of the second half out of the trailers Um it, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like we really just saw the bus fight and like some of the fighting club stuff. But yeah, like yeah, just the fact that there was going to be such a fantastical element. There was glimpses. There was glimpses of dragons and stuff. But the fact that like they were going to go so far into it, the fact that Trevor was there, um, there was just so much that like you know was kept out, which I thought was really cool because it's, it's rare these days. More and more, like uh, Snake Eyes is a funny example because it was also a terrible movie. But like Snake Eyes is like you know showing you things. They're showing you the post credit scene. They're showing you the final shot of the movie. Like, you know, that, that happens a lot these days. Um, so the fact that it was like, no, they kept, they held back a lot. I was very happy about Trevor. Yeah, I, I liked it too. The fact that, you know, the big fight, the, the most fighting you see in the trailer happens in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And yeah. so it leaves the rest of the movie wide open and especially really does shroud and keep secret in a great way the fantastical mystical dragon versus the uh, soul sucking bats at the end of the movie. <laughs> right. uh, and the fact that <laughs> it, it's also really fun when uh, Marvel, like it seemingly introduces a new creature or a new beast, but then you're like, wait, they are, it, it's actually is part of the, the Marvel comics in some form, like dweller in the darkness is what they call the, the giant creature behind this gate. It, that is an actual being in the comics it's just a very different looking right. creature it's their version of it so instead of doing like fin fang foom or something like that they they did an obscure poll for this being so obscure in fact they changed entirely what it looks like and what it does right. um, uh, but yeah um i liked it how little was shown in the trailer um and let's see what else we got here 
Uh, oh yeah. Talk- so Trevor, Trevor, um, he's <sighs> Ben Kingsley is so good and is so funny. The Planet of the Apes part um, just killed me. Yes, <laughs> like just killed me because you know when you can present and this was why uh, my favorite friend's character is probably Joey uh, because when you can present someone so stupid. Someone so cartoonishly stupid, right? In the midst of what is supposedly a real world setting, like this is a grounded reality. People are talking about how crazy things are, and yet here's this idiot right. who's so dumb, but it's still it doesn't take you out of anything. Like Joey on Friends is so stupid. Like this is this, as an act, um, maybe it's just actor characters, but, right? right. <laughs> but like Joey could have given that. Planet of the Apes, like I wanted to be an actor ever since I saw Planet <laughs> of the Apes. It could have been Joey Tribbiani saying it, uh, and it still would have been hilarious. Like when you can pr- give us a Cretan who is also still somehow endearing and believable. Like I love yeah. that. It's part of some of my favorite humor comes from that. So yeah, he, yeah, he's he's so funny in that role. Uh, it is funny because um, I did I looked up uh, Ben Kingsley's age, and I was like, well, they're doing that Hollywood fibbing thing because in real life. Ben Kingsley was 25 when Planet of the Apes came out, and it sounds like Trevor was a little boy. But I go, maybe he wasn't. Maybe Trevor was 25 and went to see Planet of the Apes with his mom, and then it was, you know, he was. But remember, from All Hail the King, he started in that CBS pilot. That's true. <laughs> he did start. And how? CBS. What year was that? It was the early 80s, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, very fun with Trevor. Um, I did wonder because he he vanishes a little. He you know never completely pops. He has a very funny moment where he's playing dead. Um, but uh, he vanishes a little bit, and I, I, I'm always anything that's filmed in this era, I'm gonna have the COVID questions about because this movie was like the first of their movies that was hugely affected by COVID. It was like halfway through production, and they had to stop and then come so back. So, like when when he vanishes a lot from the third act, yeah. And so I, I wonder, I wonder if he might have had a little more to do. Um, but again, they had to come back months later, and you know who knows. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's totally there. Uh, he's present and uh, he gets uh, like redemption. He's he's clean. He's no longer. Uh, I, uh, I it, the movie fooled me. I thought he was dead for a sec. Yep. Like here. actually Same. made me think he was dead. Um, I let's talk also about uh, the lead of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Simu Liu, who is great and how well he also works with Aquafina, which is important because they're together the entire movie yes. pretty much. And how they can be really casual. You believe in their friendship. You believe they can be funny together. They have the, you know, they, they it really feels like they have a, this 10 year history together and um, in a sibling type relationship, almost that uh, she, they both get to react to things. Like he gets to react to things. Not as much as she gets to react to his life. Right. But he, he still also gets to react to a lot of things too. Um, and then also obviously, from the fighting aspect, he's amazing. And the stunt choreography and the fighting choreography in this movie is great. And uh, it brought up uh, uh, the, the sort of the, what is it like four-year-old discourse regarding Iron Fist. Yeah. As far as like, arguably the two best hand-to-hand fighters who aren't like super powered hulks right. in the Marvel comics are Shang-Chi and Danny Rand and Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Rand having the benefit of the Iron Fist and being able to supercharge his hand. But um, it just goes back to how underwhelming because the Iron Fist TV series for Netflix was rushed uh, so that um, what was the name of the guy who played Uh, Finn Jones? Jones. Like he he didn't have time to train. You know, Mm -hmm. all the fights were very simple and, and very underwhelming. And you know, if there was any show of that Netflix Defenders verse that needed amazing fights, it was Iron Fist. And then it had the weakest of the four. And it had shows. the weakest of all of them. It had weaker yes. than Jessica Jones. And, yes. and, and you know, obviously we're blessed. We got amazing fight choreography on the Daredevil show. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, which you should have because it's Daredevil. But you should yeah. also have that level or even higher for Iron Fist. Anyway, yeah. this movie gave us what we didn't get with Iron Fist. Uh, there were even some tweets going around, like there was someone made a video where like comparing the fight scenes from the movie and the Iron Fist TV show and just, uh, yeah, it just, so anyway, um, 
And then uh, even Seppenwall today on Twitter was like, well, do we even need Danny Rand anymore in any of this canon now that we have Shang-Chi? Um, right, right. Probably not. Um, I, I I thought the fights were great. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I know that, I, well, I know Simu Liu did a ton of training, but at, at this point, you know, uh, he does a little ton of training. He has a great double and we're in an era where they can, you know, digitally swap out his face if they need to. All that worked. It all worked great. And the um, the bus fight was excellent. They talked about the Jackie Chan influence, especially um, in that scene, um, as far as like, you know, him using the environment, him taking his uh, coat off and on, like, you know, and using it to kind of wrap around people and whatnot. Um, that was all awesome. And I also really liked uh, the scaffold uh, fight. Uh, that was really cool, too, as far as like, you know, a different kind of playing field than we're used to. Um, we should mention uh, Brad Allen, who was a choreographer on this movie and had trained with Jackie Chan and passed away, unfortunately, like right before this movie opened. The movie's dedicated to him, uh, but did an excellent job here. Uh, I will say I have um, two complaints. It's not my only complaints about the movie, but my two prominent complaints about this movie, which I loved, um, love the movie. Um, I do think, I'll get to my other complaint in a little bit, but I do wish the third act had one more really cool um, fight scene that foregoed powers as much, especially with Shang-Chi and Wenwu. I understand they're going to use the rings. It's in the title. And of course, who's going to end up the, in the movie with the rings is important, but I wish there was a part, whether it be, whether it be your traditional, let's do this without any extra thing or whatever. I just felt like we did lose in that third act, like that, like kind of, you know, pure martial arts a little bit because it became a lot more about special weapons and powers. Uh, so I wish they'd been able to retain that. Especially uh, with the- Death Dealer too, who looked like yes. uh, he was going to square off with a few people uh, and then really didn't, we didn't get much there. Right. Um, but um, was that due to, you know, the short sheeting aspect of, of COVID? Who knows? Who um, knows, yeah. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I don't think that bugged me, but I I, I understand your point. Um, mm-hmm. wh- what was your other one? You said my you other, hated, oh, my other hated issue, something else. I hated, but I hate this movie. Um, then my other issue, and I will say this: um, th- I've seen this movie three times now. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to the premiere, which was interesting because it was my first like kind of movie world premiere uh, since the pandemic had begun, and um, although we were spaced out dramatically and still whatnot. Uh, and then I saw it at a press screening. And then finally I saw it that third time um, in Orlando. Um, the first time I saw it, one thing that really stood out to me, and I still, I still is an issue to me, but when I've seen the movie on repeat, it's, it's actually gotten better and better. It's a movie that's really kind of, a, um, you know, improved on repeat viewings. And I liked it right off the bat. Uh, but I do think the way they chose to tell the story, as we talked about, it's like do an origin story, but not do it traditionally. Um is it's very flashback heavy and i do think pacing wise there's a little bit of a stop start to this movie because there's so many flashbacks and there are some parts of the movie that i feel like oh it kind of loses momentum a little bit in the middle a couple times because they have a lot of story to tell in the flashbacks too um so there are some times where i think like oh they kind of like they lose their momentum they get it back at least we didn't get always get it back we didn't get an immediate in media res opening though, at least uh, no, we started, we started that. in the past. It's just fine. Um, <laughs> they, 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 they didn't do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else we going to say? Oh, so for casuals in the MCU, you know, those mm-hmm. people who still over 10 like years. These into, movies. <laughs> yeah. Who like the movies, but uh, still after, as you said, 25 movies now, we'll still get up when the credits start rolling and leave. Yes, which is uh, just completely oblivious. Or either they don't know that there's a mid credit and end credit scene, or they don't care, right. which is even scarier to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this still happens in this day and age. And, and there's the people who stay for the first one and then leave, um, even though there's always a one at the end of the credits. Like Black Widow only did a post-credit, didn't have a mid-credit. Right. Uh, so... The, the 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 casuals out there how well they actually remember iron man 3 right and or you know obviously not even what their terrorist organization in the first movie is called uh, being the 10 rings but i feel like this movie kind of knew that because we got to hear the mandarin story twice we got yeah. to hear it from when Wu tell his side of it and then we heard it from trevor as well yes. like, so it kind of really got hammered home there uh and i feel like people still probably didn't get it honestly um but right uh, right because they didn't even go into the like Gillian of it all like he was mentioned but not by name 
And there's like, yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, I want to too. know. I want to know, Eric. I want to know what all those little titty babies out there who are crying when because of the Mandarin twist in Iron Man three, and they're like, right. they took my favorite villain of all time, the Mandarin, which is, right. which is not true, and no one has ever said that. Uh, and who's really cool? He's like the MC. He's like Marvel's Joker. There was just some hyperbole about the man. He, he was yes. the he was the coolest villain ever, and they turned him into a joke, and they were so mad about it. Um, that movie still made a billion dollars, by the way. Right. Um, that uh, well, what do they think about Wen Wu? Where are these Where are these a holes now? I'm just saying, like, this still isn't quote unquote. The cool the Mandarin, Mandarin, yeah, that they demanded in Iron Man three, <laughs> right. the ruthless terrorist blowing up man the Chinese theater. You know what I mean? Like right, right. this, like it still isn't it. This is actually a sympathetic father who mourns his wife's death, who was never the Mandarin in, in any way. It was just sort of a bastardized version of him to, of, for America. You know, yeah. like so. Even with that, this is quote unquote the real guy. But he's also uh, a very complex and layered villain, right? right. Like, like, where are these guys now? Yeah, they're they're, they're at home watching their tights. I mean, like, oh, we've all, we've we talked about this a lot. You know, we both love Iron Man three, and I'm not saying you have to love Iron Man three, but there was a lot of like bullshit around the like they ruined the. Mandarin. I'm sorry, I just got really weirdly paranoid right now. I know our audience, Eric, but I need to say, at home watching their tights is from Batman. <laughs> Eric doesn't have anything against people who wear tights. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I love people who wear tights. I'm just it's saying you so casually <laughs> said it, and it's obviously from Batman '89. But but. No I get it. I get it. I need to um, pretend. Like, yeah. But yeah, no, at the time, one th- one thing that was really annoying with P- the quote unquote backlash to Iron Man 3, uh, which is a really entertaining movie, was people being like, yeah, they ruined the Mandarin as though he was like this amazing beloved character from the comics when he was not. Yes, he was Iron Man's main foe in the comics, but he was not like an amazing character. Again, they've done a, they've done a lot of work to try to try to make him in more interesting in recent years. But yeah, traditionally he was just like a guy who like wanted to you know uh, rule the world and had these rings that fired pew pew uh, stuff. So he did do pew pew. Well, one of them pew pewed, and one of them went ooga, and the other one (laughs) and the other one went ooh. (laughs) He did all those things. Uh, So yeah, it was it was it was always uh, very silly. Um, But yeah, you're you're right. Like they had to make sure they kind of fill in the blanks here for people who either who probably did see Iron Man three because a huge hit, but wouldn't remember. Maybe they saw it once. In 2013, and they don't remember all the minutia of it, so they have to kind of go over that. I, I thought they did a good. Uh, some, someone who loves Iron Man three, um, I, I thought it all was really, you know, it all works fine for me. It all were, you know, uh, fits together fine. My only question I did have coming out of the movie is, were we to assume? And talking to people, everyone kind of they've kind of convinced me. I think the answer is yes. But were we to assume that the ten rings in the Iron Man movies? were never Wen Wu, which is to say, because the Ten Rings were in the first movie, Tony Stark is taken by the Ten Rings. He becomes Iron Man because Ten Rings. And then in Iron Man 3, we get them again, and that's where we get, like, Killian's behind them and all that. I assume that it was always the Killian version, that that was while he was retired, Wen Wu, the entire trilogy of Iron Man, uh, said that it was not, he had nothing to do with Tony Stark's kidnapping, I assume. Do you as well? Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think of the 10 year window here. I feel like the original terrorists were Wen Wu. Mm. But if, if the timeline doesn't work out, because why would Killian have real terrorists? Right, right. It's, it's Killian, Killian, Killian's whole thing is he has, it's all yeah, fake. Yeah, that's true. It's all fake. He would not have literal terrorist cell operating out of the mountains in Afghanistan. Like, that's, that's not an Aldridge. All right, you switch me back. <laughs> all, right, all right. That was Wen Wu. That's what you call a switchback, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It's a switchback. Uh, not only we just weirdly reference the movie Switchback, which Eric and I always weirdly reference, but I also just, I just plugged just, it into the song Knockoff from the movie Knockoffs for the movie Knockoff starring Jungle Van Dam, which nobody Schneider. references. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this: Rob Schneider and Jim Brewer can go leap off a fucking tower. How about that? <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll do another separate we enjoy about uh, how b- beloved comedians from yesteryear go crazy when they it was, get old. It, it was better when we didn't see their tweets. <laughs> it was better when 
<laughs> There's so much better about the 90s. <laughs> right? Remember the 90s? Before SNL stars went nuts. All right. Okay. Uh, what else would you like to say? Because I'm... Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we do not have to say much more. Um, it, the, the second post-credit scene... Um, the, the the only post credit scene, the second credit scene. Um, interesting with her Zhai Ling taking control of the Ten Rings, and then the question of what is she going to do with the Ten Rings now she's made it um, uh, gender uh, parody. Uh, she's brought to them, but is she going to be any sort of crime lord? And if not, what would the Ten Rings be? Um, you know, uh, it's funny when I did an interview uh, the actress, she did tell me that like you know she felt like the one way her character is very much like her father is. She also does have sort of a thirst for power. Um, so I, I kind of like the question mark of what does she intend to do with the Ten Rings? Um, of what we see at the end. Well, the um, only thing we know is she's uh, redecorated and she's training women. So yes, yes. She's, she's added her tagging uh, and uh, her, her vibe. I don't know, maybe it. there'll be mercs, but see, that's why, like, yeah. Um, uh, is like Valentina going to be connected to this? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Moment I'm cooking, do, acknowledge me. I do right. know what you're saying. Um, and uh, the only other thing I wanted to say was more just a just to mention because I mentioned seeing this movie opening night uh, in Orlando. I just want to mention how great the audience was, only because um, this was the best audience I'd seen. I, I'd, I'd been to some other good opening nights, like I saw Fast Nine with a really good audience, uh, and Black Widow. Um, but I was I was actually kind of wary, Matt, because you know, in LA, you get these really great sort of vocal audiences that are very much like, you know, cheering and have, you know, really into the movies. And by the way, when I tweet about this, it's interesting when I get people to go, oh man, no one in, my, in where I live does that. But sometimes I get people who go, no one does it where I live. And I, it sounds, I'd hate it if they did, you know, it's like to them, they wouldn't want that kind of thing. And of course it's a very fine line. We hate people talking to each other, having conversations but if people were cheering a fight scene or just like into something that I love, for Christ's sakes, people can laugh. Like yeah, yes, they ju- can laugh. Something's funny and cheer <laughs> yes. or do something. Yeah, like yeah. That. Uh, but I so I was a little like, oh, I I don't know how this audience will be in Orlando. They were great. Like Trish mentioned it too. It was like, man, they were in like, you know, a hardcore opening night, hardcore MCU fan base. Like so many people wearing shirts of Black Widow and Iron Man and all these characters they love. Just and... name all the MCU characters. <laughs> Okay, let me take them all. Um, Wong shirts, though. Uh, and so uh, I would was, totally wear a Wong shirt. I would. Everyone wear a Wong shirt now. Uh, big year for Wong. But yeah, so the audience was great. And again, I, I I already dug the movie. I dug it more the second time, but then the third time was so fun because I saw it with this you know very enthusiastic audience that was just like. And the movie, you know, the that um, the movie ends so great. It, you know, you always leave. You know, you want to leave people on a good note. And I'm talking about the cut to credits before the, you know, not even what, what comes. Uh, well, I am talking about the mid credit scene because that mid credit scene does kind of have it all right. It has your super big cameos you didn't expect with Bruce and Carol. It has like a big, oh, this is linking to something else coming soon down the line with what are the rings transmitting. Um, and then you have this great out on the joke of them, the karaoke, which is a callback, but the fact that Wong is with them and the Hotel California of it all. Um, yeah, just a, a really very, very crowd pleasing, great way to uh, cut to black at that point. And uh, my audience was very, very happy about it. And so was I, Matt. So was I. I'm glad you were happy. I remember uh, a Comic-Con party conversation I had with Benedict Wong. Very nice guy. I remember that as well. But uh, yeah, I talked to him a lot about uh, Marco Polo because it had been canceled, yes. uh, which is, uh, one of, uh, for those who don't remember, one of Netflix's first, if not the first, notable surprising cancellations by Netflix back yes. when they were known as the, the streaming service that didn't cancel anything. Uh, now they're the streaming service that cancels basically everything. Right. And uh, uh, I talked to him and I talked to Mads Mikkelsen together because they were off in a corner as the two smokers of the cast of Doctor Strange. Yes. <laughs> this was at the uh, EW party, the uh, uh, a celebrity in, in every part of your viewpoint uh, party. Yeah. Like a McMahon in every corner is a celebrity yes. in every peripheral vision. Yeah. Yes. Um, everyone, every other person is a famous person and every other person between them is a caterer or a bartender. So, yeah. Um, okay. That's it for Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. Thank we you. liked it. <laughs> I know. Uh, if everyone can pick their jaw up off the floor after hearing that Eric and I enjoyed an MCU movie. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, I get, I, I mean, 
look, I'm not blind to the fact that there's been 25 of these things. And there are some people that are like, oh, it's unrelenting and all. But I keep taking a step back and being like, as a kid, I love this. I love these comics, all these characters. It was a dream that we'd even ever get most any of these. It was a dream to get like the biggest characters. A Spider-Man movie was a dream when we were kids, much less an Avengers movie. And now we're getting into all this other stuff. And the fact that the MCU is fucking really good. You know, yes, there's been some misfires, but by and large, 25 movies. I don't think any of them have been terrible, by the way, even the ones that I think are like, eh. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's high quality stuff with characters we like. You make likable characters and people enjoy it. What's not to enjoy? Uh, nothing. That's why our podcast is called We Enjoy. <laughs> That's right. And uh, until next time, everyone. Um, Coming up on our next proper episode, we've got Big Trouble in Little China. And mm-hmm. uh, and and as we've previewed here, we will go through the Hawkeye trailer. Yep. And uh, until then, everything is possible, but nothing is real. And Shakma. Shakma. Shakma!